The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. My family thinks I'm crazy. A podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that I give them in a shady. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again <laughs> with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. You know, tell your whole podcast. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? It's all mind control through the frequencies and the imagery. They say your eyes are the key to your soul. That's why you have the eye of providence, um, which is peeping. <laughs> so a lot of people don't realize that pyramid on the back of the $1 bill with the eye looking through, that is manifestation. That is Lucifer trying to come into our world, but he's unable to stay here. He cannot sustain it because he's, he's on the other side. So Travis Scott and them, they want to, these, these Luciferians, they want to bring him from the other side so that he's no longer having to peep, but he's actually here on this side. A lot of people don't understand what the eye of providence is, and it's the eye of Satan peeping from the other side. The light, the, the light at the end of the tunnel for me as a, as a Christian is that Yeshua is right around the corner. He's around the corner because things are getting worse. We have a POFIS coming in 2029. I believe that's possibly Wormwood. You have Singularity 2030, in-brain chips, these graphene chips in the brain around 2030 with 6G, where they can put us into this augmented reality, which I think is the mark of the beast, because you're, you're subduing yourself to, to the physical world. So I think there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It just depends on what side you're on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, episode 110. And today on the show, we have a fascinating guest. His name is Jay Barnes, or Jason Barnes. I first met him on the Great Deception podcast, episode two of the Monday Master Debaters. And it was a great chat, so I decided to have him back on my show you can find him on instagram at colorado underscore dank 99 and it was a dank conversation we got into a lot of 
his story and what inspired him to go on this journey. And then we spoke about what's going on in the world from his perspective and how Lucifer and the, the great deceiver is behind many of the conspiracies we talk about in this community. Synchronistically so, I first met Jay on the Great Deception podcast. So look at that. There's a sync. Anyways, folks, this was a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed the past few episodes. They've been fire. Peter Shampoo, Marty Leeds, all the best. Really turning it out for you guys. And we got some really awesome guests coming on the way. If you heard those notifications in the background, that's because the Telegram chat is on fire every hour of the day. People are in there. They're talking. So don't miss out. Join our Telegram community. Now the link is in the description. If you don't use Telegram, well, it's a fun way to talk to other folks whose families also think they're crazy. So come and vibe with your tribe here in our Telegram chat. And like I said, follow Jay at Colorado underscore Dank 99 on Instagram. And while you're at it, follow us at My Family Thinks I'm Crazy on Instagram. We're always putting reels and and keeping people up to date sometimes i go live there's some older videos of me just driving in my car it's getting colder out around here so i won't be driving in my car as much so look forward to some live streams on the telegram as well as our rockfin channel that's right we got a rockfin folks so go over to rockfin and subscribe follow us it really does help the show as soon as i can figure out how to convert this ray into actual money either way not the biggest fan of crypto but if you have crypto and you want to share it with the show there is a way you can do that go to my family get in touch with me and uh, donate some crypto to the show because who knows you know a couple coins now could turn into ten thousand bucks in the future and I mean, geez, we might just put uh, my family thinks I'm crazy plaque in your living room and a statue of you in our mansion if you help us make that happen. So thank you so much. Our future mansion, that is, because we we are nowhere close to that at this present moment. But either way, folks, show us some love on Patreon or any way you can, maybe even just by listening to the show, because I appreciate you for doing that. And with that, folks, enjoy this conversation with my friend, Jay Barnes, a.k.a. Colorado underscore Dank 99. Yeah, there's a lot going on, especially in Austria right now. Yeah, well, I'm hoping we'll get into that towards the latter part, but maybe first we can get into, you know, who you are, what kind of woke you up, that something maybe was going on differently, and, and then how you subsequently went and, you know, started putting out the information you put out. I want to go back further maybe to, you know, how this all started for you and when you began to, you know, realize that conspiracy theories were maybe more true than (laughs) were told in society or or whatever it was that woke you up in particular. Can you take us back to that? I like I like that you use the word woke and I've been on a few podcasts. Nobody's ever actually asked me how I got started. You know, what what made me click 
to where everything went from being in the system to being awoken and seeing everything as if I had the secret code to the matrix. So 2000, my whole life, actually, I'll start with that from the beginning. So my whole life, I've had dreams, visions, I've seen things happening, premonitions, but I ran from it. I, I would never actually accept it. You know, I just, oh, it's just a dream. You know, it's just deja vu. You know, so I kept pushing it back, pushing it back. You know, everyone wants to be normal. So I was, I was searching for that normalcy. You know, when I was three years old, I'd go to my mom's bedroom because I would tell her I would have these vivid, lucid dreams where I'm awake in these dreams and I'm running from something. And I would tell her, it's like, I'm running from the devil. He's after me. I don't know what, what's going on. And, you know, I was three years old. It's not like I knew much about the Bible, nothing like that. You know, so it was kind of like it was alarming to her. She thought maybe something was wrong, you know, like Jeffrey Dahmer wrong. But, you know, as as time progressed, I kept having dreams, but I just I just wrote them off as just dreams. That's what most people think when they have a dream. But the thing about me is they would actually happen in real time. I would actually have deja vu. I would have the dream and then I wouldn't have that certain dream again. So when I was 17 years old, that's when the tables kind of turned, you know, I'm hanging out with friends and all that. But one specific night I'm hanging out with a friend, we're, we're drinking, we're smoking pretty lit. And all of a sudden I go sober, like out of nowhere, it's like 11, 12 o'clock at night. It's getting, it's getting about to that time. We you know we've been partying from six o'clock until 11 o'clock at this time. So I'm, I'm pretty lit already. And all of a sudden I go sober. Like the hair stood up on my, on my arms. I went sober and uh, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why I was sober. I, we drank so much. We smoked so much. There's no way I could be sober. And I smoke a cigarette. It's like, I could not taste it. I couldn't, there was, you know, usually when you smoke a cigarette, you, you taste it. There, there's aromas, there's a pleasure in smoking, but I, there was none there. So I couldn't smoke a cigarette. I started thinking, and then all of a sudden I heard something in the woods. It sounded like a deer. I realized it wasn't a deer. I was like, no, there's something to this. It sounded like it was coming from the right side, but we were in the woods from Florida. So we, we were in the woods and my friend's like, man, you're just high. You're just high, man. Just You're being paranoid. That's what everyone says. So he tried to try to discredit me and get back to the topic, the subject of just, you know, enjoying the night. And then I said, well, I started thinking when you hear sound in the woods, usually it's uh, tri uh, to triangulate it. You have to look around because sounds echo in the woods at night when there's no other sound. And I looked over and lo and behold, I saw two figures walking through the woods on the other side of the road. And they were holding these orange globe, like almost like sphere. I would, most people say lanterns, but there was no radiant light. It was just glowing, uh, just orange glowing. There were two tall, slender figures, one taller than the other. The other one maybe would maybe be its kid, but it looked, from the distance five feet tall the other one maybe eight foot tall and uh, i told him i was like well what is that and then he freaked out hit hit the uh, ignition and then took off so i really couldn't see what was going on so he went to a vanity point that was about a block up and this road's called bump nose road it's in mariana florida it's between the alabama and uh florida area like uh, you can hit you can hit the cutoff and, and hit Alabama. So, there, you know, there's a lot of, it's like a super wide road, maybe four cars could fit down it. But anyways, we're up on the vanity point. I start rolling a blunt. We're like, hey man, let's forget about it. You're, you're messed up. Like whatever I saw, it didn't really happen. We're just messed up. A couple minutes later, a black triangle lifts up out of the woods that where we were just at. 
I had a thruster on each corner, so blue thrusters, and it was almost as if it had anti-gravity capabilities because it was not loud. It didn't take much to push it up. It was just these three thrusters, kind of like what you would see with the fake moon landings and all that and all that stuff. But, But anyways, it lifts up and then. And we both froze. We're staring at this thing. And all of a sudden it, within a moment is in the stars. Like it, it stuck almost like it time skipped right in front of us with no sound, no sound at all. So after that, I thought UFOs at the time were dish shaped circular, had no idea that there was black triangles until one day I was looking around and there was a, my, my friend's dad was watching, he was old school military. He was paraplegic. He was watching the History Channel. And all of a sudden, the Men in Black channel came on, on the History Channel. And there was a black triangle that had crashed. And so that's kind of what, like, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe what we saw that night was real. So then probably six years passed by. I'm having all these dreams, premonitions are happening. Actually, that summer, that was the summer of my seven, I was 17 at that time. And then I went to Lake Havasu because I was like, maybe, maybe I just need to like clear the air, get into a different energy level. So I went to Lake Havasu, Arizona, and I kept having these dreams of a house burning. And so I, I was actually, I actually went into this dream where the bones were all on fire inside of my childhood home. Bones meaning the two by fours, the everything holding up the house. There was no walls, no sheetrock. It was just bones, and uh, it was all on fire. I ran outside. There's this creature that's on fire, and uh, he's throwing napalms all around me. So I'm, I'm frantically trying to dodge everything like almost like frogger (laughs) and i would wake up but i would have the same exact dream every single day until i moved i ended up moving away from like havasu because i mean i would have this dream almost every night and it's a vivid dream like lucid dreaming like i was in the dream i i would i would i would i would look around i would touch myself i would touch stuff around me just to make sure that i was awake that's when I started kind of waking up. I mean, I'm slow, man. It took me six more years to actually wake up until I was 23. But but the thing about these dreams were I would come back out of the dream and I would remember everything, everything. There's no, I can remember it right now as if it just happened. And I could smell the smoke, the charred smoke on my clothes. And I would ask other people like, Hey, do you smell smoke on me? And they would, they would say, yeah, it smells like you're, you know, like you're around a bonfire or something. I was in Lake Havasu. They don't have bonfires over there. So it's almost like I was bringing the dream, like things from the dream back into my reality. So that's when I started waking up. Well, I went home to Florida and my childhood home burned down three months after I moved back. So that's when I started like waking up. I started noticing like, okay, maybe, maybe I am a little bit different and I just, I've been pushing it away. I've been running from it. So, so then I started paying attention to my dreams and there was a night, February, it was in February of 2000. I want to say 2009. It was right, right after the inauguration of Obama. So I started noticing there's, there's, there's things, there's similarities that I've seen out of the Bible that are happening around me. And so I started having all these dreams and visions around that time. And I had one where I was talking to two different girls. Both of their names were Carolina. They were both one Brazil, one from Chile. And uh, I was single at the time, but I was talking to them. And one of them, the Brazilian girl, she wanted me to come to this get together. Well, I have a dream that we're walking in the parking lot. I look down, like you can see the wind blowing on my white tank top or white shirt. And, uh, 
I touched myself in the dream. As soon as I woke up, I was like awake in the dream. I touched myself. I'm okay. Like, I know this is a dream, but I was wide awake. I knew everything that was going on, but I could not control the direction of the dream, if that makes sense. So I started walking with her. I'm talking to her, hold her hand. And uh, next thing you know, a guy runs up to me and shoots me three times. Uh, yells some racial vicinity, a racial, racial, a vulgar language towards me. And that was because I was at a party where it was all Chileans, Russians, and Argentinians. And so, and Brazilians. And so I was supposed to meet this girl. She called me up around, I was, I was going to get my cousin up in Michigan. I was on my way back. She calls me up and said, Hey man, um, I'm, I'm uh, um, throwing a party. We're throwing a party on February 23rd. I, I know it's your birthday. And uh, so it was February 23rd and I was turning 23. So I thought that was kind of strange. And so when I, when I went, I didn't go to the party and then they ended up getting shot up. Like the whole party got shot up by a dude that had white hair and he had just got out of prison. He was a white supremacist. So that's when I was like, okay, okay, it's just getting kind of real. So then that's when I actually woke up and I called myself woke at the time. And then it's kind of funny how they, they hijacked it. Now they're calling themselves woke SJWs. So I was like, do I call myself woke? What do I call myself? They hijacked it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, honestly, that's what woke me up when I started having these dreams. That was the one that woke me up because I knew these people, I shook their hands and then I, they died like right there. I shook a dude's hand and then I'm looking at pictures of a guy with his, uh, I'm seeing only the shoes in the parking lot because the shooting started in the parking lot. So, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what got me into it. And uh, like I was telling Ryan Dean off of a dangerous world podcast, I was telling him that uh, when I read the Bible, I don't read the Bible. I read the Bible, I skim through it, but there's certain verses that it's almost like they're being shown to me. And then those are the ones that I, I hone on, I hone, I hone in on them. And then that's what I project. Whenever I'm looking at something, I'm being shown these visions. I'm being shown these, like, Hey, this, this all is connecting. This is all in the Bible. This is the message you need to be given. So that's whenever I start posting stuff and that's how I connect everything together. Right. So I hope that makes sense, you know, and, and disclaimer, I do not claim to be a prophet. People try to put that on me. I do not claim that. Right. You know, prophet, they, they, they've had a vision from God himself or an angel shows up. At least that's what it says in the Bible, but I do not claim that. It's just, I have premonitions and dreams and I'm shown a path and I go down that path. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you're good to, to make that distinction of a premonition versus prophecy because, yep. you know, this, those seem very personal, at least to, to your story. I wonder if the other people who also had that same invitation to that party had a premonition and, and maybe ignored it or possibly, you know, just aren't in touch with, you know, aren't in touch with that part of themselves in the first place. But someone like yourself who is gets that sort of uh, danger sign and you see it off in the etheric distance and, you know, there's countless stories. I mean, just the, the you know, to name some famous people, JFK, Abraham Lincoln, both of them, you know, you know, beyond all the other crazy similarities there are between those two, they both had, you know, wives who had premonitory dreams that caused them to say, no, you shouldn't go. They mm -hmm. ignored that. And it's they, funny you said that. So my friend told me, my friend told me, he's like, man, fuck that bitch. <laughs> he's Argentinian. He's like, fuck that bitch. He's like, she didn't, she hasn't called you. And all of a sudden she's calling you up. 
He's like, fuck her. He's like, come hang out with me. I'll, I'll buy you drinks for your birthday. So I ended up doing that instead because I already had the dreams. So I kind of knew something was in the air. Mm. And then I, honestly, when I woke up that morning and he's, he's showing me everything, I was at disbelief. I couldn't believe that I actually had a premonitionary dream. <laughs> actually, uh, sleep paralysis. They say that it feels like someone's sitting on your chest, like a demon is sitting on your chest. And I actually posted something about that. I had none of that. Like I literally, I go to sleep and all of a sudden I'm waking up and I'm in an, an almost like an astral projection where I'm awake. I can feel everything. When I got shot in that dream, I felt it. It was the most painful feeling that words cannot explain. I felt the adrenaline pumping and then I shook, I dropped down to my knees as I was dying. I died in the dream. So most people can't say like, hey, I, I know what it feels like to die. I felt that shit. It was not cool. Like I felt a coldness coming all over my body. But at the same time, I was very warm. Like it is, now, it's, it's really hard to even explain what that feeling was like. What, Just feeling like everything is slipping away from you. Yeah. And it's it. This is it. This is how it ends, you know. What, what stands out to me about everything you just said, I mean, yeah, I'm sure that's intense, whether you feel yeah. it in a dream or, or in reality. One thing that stood out in the first half of your story there was that the Lake Havasu fits into some of the things I've been researching lately in terms yeah. of ley lines and energy corridors. And it also okay. sort of connects to another person who actually uses the Bible daily in a very similar way as you kind of described. And, you know, he's down there in Phoenix, Arizona, and his website is called the Phoenix Enigma. His name's Corey Daniels. He was on the show a couple episodes back. But we got into a lot of stuff, and Arizona is certainly strange. It's very mystical. Obviously, everybody knows about the Sedona vortexes. But I'm almost certain that Lake Havasu is like a, is either on a series of ley lines or at a sort of energetic junction out there. So it's interesting that you had that, you know, premonition of your, your childhood home burning down. It actually happened. Then you have another premonition that saves your life. Pretty, I mean, that's pretty clearly, obviously, even though your friend did kind of give you that, you know, alternative plan, it seems like you wouldn't have gone to that party based on that dream, you know, and, and life just kind of unfolded as it does. And, and you went with the, the, the clear option rather than, you know, Oh, maybe I shouldn't go to this party where I had the most intense feel. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way you described that, I don't ever think I've ever felt that in a dream The The closest I've ever come to that was probably like, and this is like a theme and maybe you can elaborate on this, but I've had a couple dreams where it's either a snake or a crocodile. And I'm like adventuring in this beautiful nature place. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, boom, there's a crocodile right underneath me. And I'm like cooked, you know, dead. The crocodile's got me or like a snake, you know, but yeah, that, that's, well, that's like the closest I've come to that feeling in a dream. When it comes to dreams, one thing I've learned is to depict what it means. And I almost feel like I had those dreams because I was, I told you, I always had the dreams. I was running away. I kind of felt like, like I was, I was put in a position to have these dreams. Let me see that I'm being given dreams so that if one dream that matters, I'll be able to pay attention to it. Like I won't disregard it. So I had another dream last year. I mean, I'm talking 
a long time, maybe four or five years. Uh, there's there's other occurrences, but we don't have time uh, to talk about all of them because I, ha- I have stuff in real time that happens. Like I, I can feel energy when it switches in a room. Somebody walks in a room and if they have darkness in them, it's almost like it changes the entire room. It's like a cold feeling comes over the room. And then some people make it feel like almost warm when they walk into the room. So I, I feel like energies and stuff, but um, not to get into that too deep just because we don't have enough time. My last dream was last year. It was a January, probably like, I would say close to January 10th to mid-January. I had a dream. And at this time, I didn't know that there was some stuff going on in China with the, the coronavirus and the, the fake-ass seizures and all that stuff that they were pushing out. You know, my family are all Asian, so I know everything that there is about China and how they operate. There is no getting movies, videos out that they do not allow them to, to, to go out. Everything's on AI. AI firewall. So I had this dream and I went downstairs. I was tired. I laid down. It's almost like a day. It was like I, I wasn't really sleeping, but I laid down maybe 15, 20 minutes. And I was so, it was like one of those heavy sleeps where you, you take it, you take a nap and it's like, damn, I feel like I slept for a couple hours. <clears throat> so a power nap. So I went down there, but it was like, I was very, I was feeling very hazy. I passed out for, for a moment. I woke up. And I'm running upstairs. All of a sudden, dude, like I went to sleep. All of a sudden, I'm I'm jumping up out of my bed. I'm running upstairs. I have a shotgun in my hand. At the time, I did not own a shotgun. So I was like, what the fuck? I was like, oh, and I realized I was dreaming. So then I run upstairs. I'm telling, I know everything that's going on for some reason. Like I'd have knowledge that, that there's no way I could have had. It's almost like I was living at that time, not my own. And uh, I told everyone, I said, hey, calm down, calm down, calm down. Whatever's going on right now, I was like, I was like, y'all need to be quiet. Like, y'all go hide over here. There's there's somebody coming. And I ran outside. I, I ran out over to my to the front of the house uh, to my girl's sister's room. And I'm looking out. There's a there's a, I had the feeling that we were on lockdown at the time. This is the way I explained it to my girl. This is before any talk of lockdowns. I told her, I was like, we're we're under a lockdown. There's no radio or anything. Like there was complete disconnection from society. And so everyone was kind of just like worrying, ran over to the window. And all of a sudden I see a Humvee coming around the corner and it pulls up to the, on the right side of the road, the first house. And some foreign people get out of the vehicle. two soldiers, one standing, the one on the passenger side kind of just stands there, maybe like four feet away from the vehicle. The other guy that got out the driver's side, he looked like he was in command. He walks up to the door, knocks on it. He starts yelling some foreign stuff. I couldn't understand what language it was at the, the tenant that was living in the home. And then that tenant was just like, I don't know how to say it, like Colorado soft. There's a lot of soft people out here. So he was like very solid. Hey, blah, 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 blah. The dude grabbed him by the shirt, ripped him out of the house, threw him down in the front yard, shot him right there because he didn't comply. He didn't get the information he wanted. So then I told everyone, I was like, calm down. I was like, I was like, I was pushing everyone back. And I, I got in a position right in front of the door so that whenever we opened it up, I could shoot the, per- the, 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 the military. And then I, as soon as I pulled the trigger, when the door opened, I woke up. And then uh, probably like a month or after that is whenever the cruise ship happened off the coast of California, where all these COVID patients are happening. Everyone's dying. And I told my girls, like, the lockdowns are coming. And she, uh, fortunately, she believed me. She didn't think I was crazy, um, like everyone else does in my family, which I think is funny that I'm on this podcast. Welcome yeah, to my the whole family, family thinks I'm probably nice. <laughs> Welcome to um, the family. 
Yeah, when you have it, when you're having dreams and everyone's still stuck in their bubble, it it, it kind of makes you look like you're crazy. So, so my girl, when when the lockdowns actually started happening, she's like, "Holy shit! Like this is really happening." So she thinks it's already happened. I do not think it's happened. I think the real lockdowns are coming. I don't think it's, my dreams have happened yet. She, she thought maybe my, I saw the dreams that were going on in Vietnam because they, they were forced vaccinated by the military. They all came by. They made her grandma take the shot, which her grandma's against it because she's, she's you know been through the whole communist rule, the whole Vietnam War. She's been through all that. So she already knows if the government gives you something for free, you need to want, you need to ask why. Why is it for free? Nothing's for free. Diabetes is not for free. Cancer treatment's not for free. So why is this for free? That's what she was saying. And then they force vaccinated her. Like no choices. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, man. And it is Yeah, so it sucks, but I mean she's she didn't die, luckily. Well, it's enlightening to to hear that perspective because I had no clue. And I've actually spoken to someone who lives in the Philippines on episode sixty seven, I think, somewhere in the sixties. His name's Matt Raymer. And he kind of broke down what was going on in the Philippines and I'm sure the Philippines is very different in Vietnam I'm not in no way saying that they're similar just because they're both Asian countries but it sounded like for the most part people were pretty resistant towards it and the government was was pretty strict I hope yeah. that 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 was uh that was a premonition past and not a premonition for the future because it definitely feels like you know at least in Canada Australia and and other Western countries that aren't the United States, that they've had a much rougher time than we have here in the United States. It seems like we're sort of insulated by our constitutional rights and maybe even our, specifically, our Second Amendment right, which was kind of interesting that that was a theme in your dream, considering you don't even own a weapon. It's not like that's a part of your no, daily I, life. I own, and here's the funny thing. Like, four to five months later... I ended up having the shotgun that's in my dream. <laughs> okay. And now I have that shotgun that right. was in my dream. Well, so I'm like, damn, do I get rid of it? <laughs> you know what I mean? But in the dream, I well, needed it. So it's like, it's, it's kind of strange. That, that uh, the second one you mentioned, and well, and the first one, I would say, yes, you need that because your dreams have been, been true so far. You know, you got to trust yeah. them this time. So... In the dream, there was a disconnect. There was no government. We were saying the government's not here. I remember saying the government's not here to help us. We're, we were in the dream. There was nobody there, but we were all on lockdown. Everybody was inside their homes. You could not leave your home. It wasn't like the lockdowns we had. Like you could not leave your home. Everyone had to stay in their home. And so today in Austria, I don't know if you saw that or not, but they're being told that the unvaccinated are on lockdown they can't leave their home if you leave your home you got to have a passport stating that you've had the vaccine right yeah so i did not hear to me it's 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 almost like it's all developing and i told my girls like man you know i i pray i pray that this dream uh has already passed and that things are going to get better it's just that Every single day, I'm proved I'm proved right. And sometimes, you know, people are like they're boastful. They want to be proved right when they have dreams, but I don't. <laughs> I want to be proved wrong because I would rather that, you know, that that alternative than having our government literally disappear on us and having a foreign government going house to house, depopulating us. Like I, I don't, I don't jive with that. I hope nobody else does either. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely think you're you're tapping into the collective consciousness if you let me speculate. I mean, yeah, I wonder your your thoughts though on the difference between like an average dream and a premonition within a dream because you know, like you said, you hope this dream doesn't come true. You hope you're not in a situation where you have to defend your house with a shotgun, but at the same time, you know, that the first two dreams definitely gave you a sort of awareness on how to navigate and what could potentially go very wrong, right? Like that second dream, that wasn't a premonition as to what happened. It was a premonition as to what could have happened if you went to that party. So here we are at this kind of crossroads possibly in this present moment where, you know, like you kind of joked about like, oh, should I even have the gun? Is that, you know, gravitating me towards that reality where that premonition becomes true i mean i don't know what are your thoughts like do you think that like all dreams tap into that same collective consciousness or do you think like specific dreams like pop out of the sort of white noise that is our normal average dreams well i'm not i'm not significant in any way i think other people have the ability but they choose to run from them like my previous dreams when i was young since i opened up to it and I started paying attention. I think that's why I was able to more, more or less use these dreams as a guidance of what, what's going to happen. But the only dreams that I've had, because I've had a lot of dreams and it's just like, it's just every day, like, oh, this is happening in my life. So I'm having a dream about it. There's a difference. You, when I'm having these specific dreams, I know I'm awake in the dream. Like I can feel pain. I can feel temperature changes. I can feel uh, the wind blowing. I have thought while I'm inside the dream, I cannot change the direction of the dream, but I can look around. I can, I can look at my clothes. Like I'm in the dream. Um, just like I'm awake. It's almost like my astral projection or something. I have, I mean, who's to say what's really going on? I I don't even know. And I'm the one having them, but I don't think I'm the only one that has them. I I just think that when I do have these dreams, there's, they're different. They're different. I feel like, okay. So when I first wait, so I blink as soon as I wake up, I'm inside the dream. I look around. I know I'm inside the dream. Other dreams are just happening whenever I'm having them. So that's how I've kind of uh, been able to differentiate them from a, a regular dream and a more symbiosis dream where I'm actually connected with it and I'm attached to this dream. It's, it's, it's the knowing that I'm in the dream part that wakes me up knowing this. And not only that, most people, they forget their dreams. When I have the vivid dreams, I can close my eyes and relive it every single moment. Like just, just like the dreams I told you earlier, I, I remember every single detail. Like I cannot forget them. Sometimes it's stressful because uh, sometimes I cannot get them out of my head. So it's almost like a burden I have to carry. But if I can teach other people of what's going on and what I'm seeing, that's kind of like a stress reliever for me. If that makes sense. I'm not alone. Like when I talk to my family, they, there's no talking to them. Uh, they've been taught this way of Babadist religion. There is no other, you know, I start talking about this, the symbolic nature. I start going into Constantine. They flip out, dude. They, they don't like being told that what they believe and what they've been taught is a lie. They don't like that. But I have, I have a way of connecting everything so that you can see my point of view. Yeah, you mentioned the Bible earlier, and I wanted to go back to that and ask you, you know, when 
you realize the spiritual potential that you could gain or, or whatever energy you sought out through that book and, and what it's done for you since, it seems like you kind of described a little bit of the insight that, you know, you try to share with your family and it falls on deaf ears as it oh, does yeah. with me, you know, because when you, when you realize like, Oh, this is what's really going on. People are kind of like more suspicious of you than they should be about the things that you're bringing up. You know, they apply it, that suspicion to you, which only makes you more frustrated, at least in my case, but oh, that is frustrating. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned Constantine. I imagine, you know, the council of Nice is something that you've brought up. Can we go into yeah. that for people who aren't aware of Constantine and how he's influenced our modern view of Christianity? Absolutely. All right. So after Yeshua Hamashiach, which is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, once once he was murdered on the cross of Tao, which is the cross of Tamuzi or Damuzi, which is the reincarnation of Nimrod, uh, which in my opinion is pretty much every single false god there is, is, is Satan, the star of Venus, the, the bright morning star. <clears throat> so... 300 years after the death of Yeshua, they were still they were still burning Bibles. They were still persecuting people, put them in prison, stoning them to death. And then he stopped it all. But you see, he was a sun god worshiper. He worshiped Apollo and other deities. And um, <clears throat> so what he did was he stopped the Bible burning. He wrote his own Bibles, 50 of them to be exact. And he had the, I forget, there was the Mount Sinai and then there was the Codex of Vaticanus. So he was the creator of the Vatican. So whenever you're looking at the Vatican, they have Jesus on the cross. The reason they have Jesus on the cross of Tao is because that's, that's a trophy. You know, that's just like Predator, the movie Predator, where they have the trophy. They want to show off their kill. They murdered him on the cross of Tao so that he would burn up in the sun because they were sun god worshipers. That was a sacrifice. And so whenever you look at the popes and all that, they have the sun gods, the, the sun staff, and they have the obelisk, which is the uh, bell shaft or the devil's uh, dick. And so everything that you look at in the Vatican, it was created by Constantine. And so Constantine had a city. It was called Constantinople. And in Constantinople to, to enter the city, you had to go through what was called the bell, the arch of bell or the, the arch of bells triumph. And that's where we get into like Travis Scott, how they had to walk through the mouth of the going into the belly of the beast is pretty much how I depict it. And what it does is when you walk through this arch of the, of triumph, it is going through a portal. You're going through a gateway. And in the, inside this gateway, the the other side, the mirror world, has been welcomed in. So you're, you're under spiritual stress whenever you walk in there. Not everyone can be affected, but those that can be, can be tempor temporarily possessed by whatever entities are coming through that mirror world. And Constantinople, he had a, it was called the Colosseum. It was a column the column of, I can't remember off the top of my head, but anyways, he had a pillar where he was standing on top of it in bronze and he was the depiction of Apollo looking out of the, the, the arch. And so everything about Constantine was sun God worship. 
everything about him. And so, and that's in Turkey. That's in Istanbul, Turkey right now. That That is modern day Constantinople. And it, it was actually only, there was only one way in, one way out. They ended up going poor and broke during the fall of Rome. And that's whenever the Moors, it was the Moors and I don't know if it was, was the Druids, but I know the Moors were part of it. They came through and took their money because they were in debt to the Moors. And so Constantinople has a lot to do with what is going on nowadays and present day. If you look at the Vatican, that's all sun god worship, all of it, which is the worship of Lucifer. And if you look at in Arizona, Mount Helen, I believe they have the they have the Lucifer telescope. It's an infrared telescope that that, that shoots out to space because they're supposedly looking for the creator, Anunnaki, whatever you want to call them, the people that seeded the earth. So what what is your thoughts on that? I love it. I mean, that's like that's Project the, Blue Bean. I mean, there's a, I know I, I spit out a lot of stuff. No, no, Sorry. no. That's the first time a guest ever turned it back on me. What What are your thoughts on that? I love that. Thank you for giving me an opportunity. Well, I am curious because I don't, I don't know if you meant to contradict yourself or maybe I just misunderstood, but you mentioned that Lucifer represents Venus, the morning star, and then... Yes that ties into sun worship, but that's not directly sun worship because they're still worshiping the sun. It's not contradictory because if you look at the Nimrod, the unholy unholy trinity, whenever Nimrod was killed by his uncle, he was cut up into 14 pieces. And Samirimus, the queen of heaven or the mother god, she collected 13 pieces, which 13 is very symbolic because that's the number of the devil. And so they got 13 pieces. The one piece that they didn't get was Bell's shaft, Nimrod's shaft. And so he didn't become Bell until after the ceremony. And the ceremony happened in the, the delta of the English, I'm sorry, not English, the delta of the uh, Egyptian Nile River. And this is a very symbolic area. So it was in the middle of the delta. The delta is a triangular, almost like arrowhead type uh, shape. And that's for manifestation. Uh, so they use triangles for manifestation. That was also in like Solomon's Key where they had the, the triangle up, triangle down with a circle around it, which is a sigil for as above, so below. But that's where I forgot the name. I, I cannot even say it. It's a foreign name of the the, 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 the the name of the temple. But they took 13 pieces there. They did the ceremony. And then Samirimus is supposed to be the sky goddess, or, or a lot of people know it as Isis or uh, Nimrod as Osiris. So then it gave birth to... Um, the baby Tammuz, which you see in in the Vatican. So when Tammuz ended up uh, dying, he would go the way that the that the the Beltane works is you have Sam Wayne. Sam Wayne is a uh, Halloween, October thirty first, which is also a inversion of the number thirteen, and so. Whenever he died, he went up into the sun because this is the, the the divinity of Tammuz. He had the resurrection kind of like Jesus did, and I'll get into that in a minute. But in the springtime, Easter is after Ishtar, which is the return of Tammuz to the promised land so that there shall be fertility. That's where you get the color green. And you see that also in the Muslim religion. And so... When he died, he went into the sun, and then Samirimus told everyone that now you shall call him Bell, and you shall worship the sun, because he went into the sun. And that is a mirror 
that's a mirror inversion of Yeshua, because Yeshua says, I am the light of this world. And so some people like to try and say that Yeshua is a sun God and he's actually the devil, but he's not because he's not the sun. He is the light. If that makes sense. He, he is the light. He doesn't have to be the sun. He doesn't have to be Venus. He is the light. So uh, they're taking that and twisting it and inverting it. And they're trying to say the sun. Okay. So everything to do with Lucifer is a mere inversion of the truth. Right. It's the upside down. You know, that brings me to my other question was if you could go on into mirror. You said you mentioned the term mirror world, but I feel like now I, I understand what you meant by that. But yeah, wow. I hadn't really quite put it together in those terms before, but that's tremendously powerful when you understand the difference between the light and the sun. It's like, you know, yeah. trying to mistake like the vessel for what's, you know, what it's holding right like when we forget that we are not material beings we are a soul inside of a you know inside of a a, a physical incarnation if you will so yeah Yeah, we're we're in a show yeah but that's where the inversion comes in so yeshua yahweh said i'll be here before i'll be here after i'm the creator i'm the as i am the omega so so what they're saying, because then Yeshua was asked the same thing. I don't have the verses in front of me, but they said, uh, where do you come from? I said, well, I'm not from here. I'm not from this world. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I was here before. I'll be here after. And what he, what Yeshua was saying was, I am the creator. I'm Yahweh, but I'm in the flesh. I'm not from here because I'm not physical. I'm only physical so I can do the sacrifice because it was a ritual that had to be done for him to save us in the flesh. Whenever you look at everything that's going on, the rap videos, everything that's in our culture, it's all physical, the fast cars, the money, all these things. But in, in reality, this is only a the beginning like Travis Scott said, the end is not the end is just the beginning. So whenever we die, that is just the beginning of what is to come. That's why they seek immortality. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Peter uh, Thiel, they're looking for immortality because they're acting like there's nothing after this. But really, we are immortal because our soul lives on after the flesh dies. And it does say that in Revelations. Right on. You get an Sorry. email there? <laughs> no worries. <laughs> yeah, man. I yeah, I think there's so much to to go into here. It's a lot to unpack. Yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely familiar territory for me, and I like the way you're putting it together because you know people I think have a sort of generalized term for a lot of these things. They look at the devil, Lucifer, Satan, all these names kind of get conflated. So I'm wondering, were you saying bell or ball, B-A-A-L? Because it might be so like... You can say it both ways. So a, uh, Beltane, B-E-L is bell. The E-L stands for L, which is God. So if you are talking about Yahweh, which is the, the Hebrew God, then you're talking about Elohim, which is the true living God of creation. And you see, that's all Lucifer's after. He wants to be called the L, the, like in Superman, Kel-El, all of this stuff, it all ties in. So his name's Bell or Ball. That's where you get basketball, football. It's all worship. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to clear that up because I had a feeling that's what you are saying. But at the same time, a lot of people just use the term ball and they're not mm-hmm. aware of that connection. But you see that 
with the, you know, translations over time, certain mm-hmm. things that we say in the English language have double, triple, sometimes quadruple layers of meaning. And it's mm-hmm. like astounding to dig into, but then you realize, oh, there's a system of understanding. They're laying these codes out, and it's not just, you know, Travis Scott likes demons and and all of this stuff kind of happened by accident. Like, no, these symbols are placed in certain ways so that, and, you know, it might not be him directly. It might be whoever his manager is or whoever the stage coordinator is, but in conjunction, something's going on, whether consciously or subconsciously where this demonic energy is sort of being connected to these people and then flowing that energy is flowing through them i mean you, you mentioned rap having all those themes a big part of how i woke up was rap music because i noticed how in the 90s and this was before my time but this is what i was drawn to i was drawn to like the older rap music i was drawn to conscious rap if you will underground rap and I realized, like, oh, these guys aren't getting any attention because they're being, like, shut down. They're being blocked out, censored. You know, and they were saying it. You know, Vinnie Paz, Army of the Pharaohs, Immortal Technique. Like, these are all guys, much like yeah. Sam Tripoli, who are blocked out of their industry of artists because they're free speech. They're talking about truth. They're talking about conspiracies. So I saw it, and then I saw what was being popularized, the materialism, money, drugs, bitches, you know, and, you know, the last part, it's like totally getting into the whole feminine, masculine psyche and and really just making women feel bad for being women, then in turn responding in more masculine ways. I mean, this is something I noticed with the whole, like, you know, girls acting, wanting to be like boys. And now you see that a couple of years later coming around to now there's a lot of boys that want to be like girls, right? Like you kind of mentioned at the beginning of, of our conversation. I think it's definitely not by accident. It's certainly not organic. Everything in the universe is organic in the sense of it was all created, but there are things that are manipulated and, and inverted, yeah. right? You know, so... We we, so we touched on Constantine. Sorry, go ahead. Respond to that because I just said a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. What I was going to say is, you're talking about the older music. You you have them visual magic. That's why they need uh, project it to the to, to the masses. They need to confuse and all, all this stuff. Music, you see, just like I, I put out some posts about Odin because I had people telling me about Odin, and I was like, well, Odin. If you, oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Tell me, I lost connection. So, if you if you listen, if you look at Odin, first of all, he wore the horn horns just like Cerny nose and his antlers. Uh, there's a movie that's coming out about antlers, so that's a connection to Cerny nose. Uh, Odin, you have Loki. Loki in that movie, it was all green. Green is fertility, and then it's about the gods of time, which is Kronos, and Kronos is Saturn. And then in return, it all goes back to Venus. <laughs> I mean, everything is connected in this world to Lucifer. He is the god of deception. Odin, if you look up all of his meanings, he is the god of deception. He is the crooked one. He is the evil one. He is, uh, what is it? There was one that said that he is the the master of the choir. He's, you know, so all these things are luciferian so lucifer was the he was the leader of the choir for yahweh so what look at it like this lucifer is the opposite of yahweh as above so below so whatever happens above 
image. So it's the opposite of what's from above. And so if, if, if God created man, then think about it. Who's, who's he going to use? He's going to use the woman against man. And now I'm not saying nothing about women. Cause I sometimes I get uh, critics on that. I'm not into all that SJW and all that stuff. I'm just speaking the truth. So God created man and then he created woman to give company to man, both equal in, in, in that perspective. But, you, but if you take it and you flip it on its head and reverse that, invert it, Lucifer used Eve to trick Adam. Solomon used his, uh, he was uh, righteous. He was given this, the key of Solomon to control the spirits as above, so below. But then he had multiple wives and the wives corrupted him. So the women are being used to corrupt man because that's the inversion. Lucifer is pretty much, if you think about it like I do, he is a spoiled child. So everything that Jesus, uh, Yeshua or, or Yahweh are doing, he's going to do the exact opposite of it. So we're supposed to not care about this earth. Well, well, well he cares about this earth. That's why they're talking about climate change. They want to preserve the earth for whenever they come through the portal of the abyss, they can rule this planet. And so that's where you're getting the climate change, all these hoaxes, remove all the CO2 from the air, remove the CO2. And what does it become? It comes, it becomes a wasteland. You're, you're destroying the, the, the plants that were given here so that we could breathe in unity because we're all connected to the same source. You know, we're all connected to Yahweh. We're all connected to the animals. If you know anything about Buddhism, we're all connected through energy. And I'll let you take that, <laughs> unpack that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I definitely. I, I it's a lot of information. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, I don't know if I completely agree with everything you said, but I respect your yeah. your opinion 100%. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you've looked into to mm-hmm. all this stuff, I think, you know, I see where those conclusions may have been drawn, but I don't know. I, I think that, you know, there's definitely the law of gender in the sense of like, you know, we need to procreate. And my understanding yeah. is that beings were androgynous at one point and then became gendered and the creator had something to do with that. But without getting into that whole topic, I definitely yeah, want to go back and, 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 f- you know, look at the Bible as a sort of esoteric code book that has multiple layers of symbolism, like we kind of discuss with words having those layers. When you look at the Bible, what what sticks out to you and, and what stuck out like when you first started looking through it? So when I read the Bible, what stuck out to me is, for one, it's a guide. It's a, it, you're right, it's a codex. So to the one that faith in it and believes that not in the because this is where a lot of this is where it gets complicated a lot of people take it for for what it means but it actually is depending on who was reading it to what perspective you'll have the perception that the reader has and i believe that if you have an open mind and that you're faithful that the message will be given to you it'll be shown to you it's not like i told uh, multiple people i don't read the bible I let it show me the. I let it show me almost like divination. I let it show me what I need to know. So I don't read it. So a lot of people they go into church and they're like, "Oh, I want I, I wanted to hear what the preacher has to say, and this is the way it is." But that's his perception. It's not necessarily the one that's meant to be for you. 
Let's start. All right. Uh, Michael. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the way I, I perceive. It. That's the way I look at it. it. It depends on the reader. Right. It depends on your connection. Right. So there's a there's a sort of energy you're interacting with, whether through your connection to God Himself itself or through this sort of bibliomancy right where your soul is something inside you kind of pulls the right passage out in that moment that's going to mean the most to you but yeah it's definitely something that's a little foreign to me in the sense of like i remember having a really strong feeling of like disengagement when i would go to church when i was a kid but I'm, you know, I'm a New Englander, Roman Catholic, you know, so there's a whole different vibe, I imagine, between a church here and a church where you grew up in Florida. But then also to put the Roman Catholic component in it, they're very clearly the Vatican. I mean, it's just it's the official church of the Vatican, if you will. So yep. I always wonder, like, maybe that's why I was so averse to caring about the Bible because something about their ceremony just made it boring and intangible and, and not relatable to anything going on in my life. You know, it just, it, maybe it was just not the thing for me and, and I should give it another try without their intercedence, but it definitely felt like there was a mechanism at play that was actively stopping me from becoming engaged with the potential knowledge that is in that Bible at least through the the Catholic Church's version of the Bible. Well, Catholicism has been injected with, like, that's why I brought up Constantinople. Constantine the Deceiver is what I call him. And so he wrote the Codex of Vatinicus, and it's all sun god worship. So it's all, if you look at Mother Mary and the Immaculate Heart, all, and she's the dove, all of this is Samiramis. So Samiramis is worshipped like the queen of heavens. She is Mother God. And so therefore, when you worship Mother Mary, you're worshiping Mother God, which is Samiramis, which is the opposite of the truth. Everything is a diversion. So everything's uh, the opposite. It's a mirror image of the truth. And so whenever you look at Jesus in Catholicism, it's actually because they always depict him as a baby. They do that because it's Tamuzi, the Muzi. It's the sun god, Bell. And that's why when you go out to the Vatican, it's in the shape of a keyhole. And not only is it in the shape of a keyhole, but they, they put the obisk, the obelisk, I'm sorry, not obisk. They put the obelisk in the middle of the Vatican City because they're worshiping Bell. They're worshiping the devil. And they're they're wanting to open the key to the abyss so that their God can come through, the God of the physical. That's who they worship. Right. And so when you look at people like Travis Scott and all these people, that's who they worship. They sell their soul. You have, what's his name? Juice World. Juice World openly sold his soul. You got his best friend, Trippy Red. He literally has the symbols on uh, tattooed into his face. Ezekiel 8, chapter 14. That is, uh, you'll see the 8 and the 14 on his face. You'll see the uh, crown of thorns under his left eye. There's, he has all the imagery on his face. Now, I'm not saying they know that they're doing this. 
But if there's spirits within them, if they have if they have roommates inside their body, the demons, whatever, then those could be that could be how they're getting that knowledge or that 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 nudge. So Ezekiel chapter eight verse fourteen, five to twenty people. I think I know that's a, a, a very strange verse. Five to twenty people. <laughs> that's a pretty wide uh, range of people. So five to twenty people are walking through on the way to the altar of the Lord. And I look over to the right. There's a woman that is crying and weeping for Tammuz or Demuzi. And one, by the time he hits chapter 16 or verse 16, it's talking about, well, now they're walking into the altar of the Lord and they look over to the Eastern star. The Eastern star is Venus. And they're worshiping the, the Eastern star inside the church at the altar. And that's where you get into Vatican. So the Vatican is worshiping Venus, the bright morning star. That's why they had the sun God staff. That's why they're, they're worshiping Tamuzi, which is also depicted as the sun, the bright morning star, which is Venus as well. So it's all about deception. That's why it's not just one way. There's it's a, a variety of ways to worship Lucifer, whereas there's only one way to the truth, which is Yahweh. So you have one or you have many. Which one are you going to really study? So the reason that they have Yeshua on the cross is because that's a trophy. They're mocking him every Sunday. And if you break it down, Constantine changed the Sabbath, which was Saturday, Sabado, to Sunday to worship the sun god on Sunday. So, I mean, if you really get into Catholicism, it's all sun god worship. So now where does Saturn come in? Because there's the Saturn day. Saturn is, that's Roman. So that's Roman as well. So Roman, a Saturn is Kronos. Kronos was the one who ate his children. And there's many depictions of him eating his children. It also talks about the, the whore of Babylon, which is Semiramis, and how she was walking around in scarlet with a golden cup, drinking the abomination. And the abomination was uh, cannibalism. So that's uh, adrenochrome and flesh. So, so, cl- hey, no, this is not, I'm on a podcast. Please watch your, watch. <laughs> Sorry, I got my seven year old with me. But yeah, I mean, that's where you're getting into Saturnalia worship. And then you're, you're talking about, oh, they worshiped Apollo, Mahili, Smyrmis. And then if you get into where the cross worship, because we haven't talked about the cross, the cross itself, the cross of Tau, which is T A U is to moose. So if you take a, a cube, which is Saturnalia, if you take the cube, which is on, I believe the South is the South pole of uh, Saturn. There's a hurricane. It's in the shape of a hexagon, which a hexagon is a cube. If you draw it 3d and this cube is seen in many, many different movies. Like what is it? The Tesseract, the, the, yeah, I believe it's the Tesseract and, and was it Transformers? The movies about Thor and Loki. And then all this really depicts the seven rings around Saturn is the, the key of, was it the key to the universe? that Tesla said was three, six, nine. And if you look at the temperature of those rings, it's negative three, six, nine Fahrenheit. So everything goes back to Saturn. If you go to CERN, which is the name of CERN and nose, that's where they got, they depicted the name from. And there's a, a lot of symbology and history behind where they put CERN <laughs> and they had the God, the, the Gotham tunnel digging all that stuff symbolic about bringing the devil up from the ground. And especially if you watch that, was it like a six hour ceremony? They spent billions of dollars on. Uh, it's all about opening up the gateways to the portals. 
So anyways, when you get to Saturn, uh, Saturnalia, Saturn, Satan, if you is actually why they call it that, it, it, it all goes into the Vatican, all of it. And like I said, he's the God of many. He's the God of deception. So there's many of him. So he has Saturn, Jupiter, uh, Venus. If you go into, what is it, 19, in the 1980s or the 1970s, where they had uh, Thor, Valiant Thor, that supposedly was in the Pentagon, and he came from Venus. So his name was Valiant Thor. Thor is the sun god. He's the storm god, which is Bel. Bel was the storm god of the Canaanites, the bull god, if you will, where they sacrificed all their children. Then you had Venus, which Venus is a bright morning star, which is the name of Lucifer, the bright morning star. So all of this really, core, it all it all connects to each other. So he's the God of many. And that's where people have a hard time understanding. Like, what well, I thought you said he was Saturn. You, now you're saying he's Venus, but he's the God of many. That's the deception. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but you brought up Valiant Thor, which I think for those who haven't heard that name before, it's worth elaborating on. So there was a gentleman, I think it was in the 50s, post-World War II and post-Roswell, who visited the White House when Eisenhower was president and he claimed the alien president and he claimed to be from Venus, right? Venus, Venus. So what, what else is there? Because I, I remember coming across this story, you know, many years American ago. American Horror Story, their, de- their double debut, a feature, double feature is, uh, it's got Valiant Thor in there. It's got Eisenhower. And so if you look at Eisenhower, he was the general of, what was it, World War II? And he was the one that brought up the Foo Fighters. And that he's like, hey, you need to start researching this, telling, what was it, uh, Carter, I think it was. Don't quote me on that. I think it was Carter, though, or I have to. I'll look that up. I'll post it or whatever. Man, I don't think it was Carter. President during World War Two. Yeah, it was. It was, it was uh, not. It was definitely not Jimmy Carter. It wasn't Carter. No, it started with a T. It might have been like shit. I just had the name in my head, but we'll, with a T, I think. I think it starts with a T. We'll edit this out and I'll dub it in and make us sound really smart. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, no worries. I've had a few beer already. So, so Valiant Thor came uh, during the time of Eisenhower. Now, Eisenhower was the one that brought up the Foo Fighters so that they could, he said, hey, you need to start looking into this. And he was a general at the time. So he was the one behind the Foo Fighters. He was the one that went to Roswell, New Mexico to meet with the Greys and did out the, the broadcast about how he met with the Greys. And he's also the one that supposedly met with Valiant Thor. And also, NASA was created by Eisenhower and Vaughn. Von, what's his name? Von Braun. And so if you really look at it, he was the alien president. He's the one that pushed out the Disney videos on aliens. He's the reason the movie E.T. came about. I mean, everything about aliens is behind this dude. We wouldn't have even had the movies. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it definitely does go back to that time period. I mean, there's even the Washington, D.C. flyover. Who knows? Maybe they just, like, placed a uh, a walk-in consciousness inside of Eisenhower when they flew over the White House and just said, like, all right, we're taking over this president. We're going to make some changes around here. I mean, this is something I talked about with uh, my friends on the Generation Z podcast and how – Ever since Roswell, the the technology that the United States and other countries have had through the military has exponentially grown, you know, 
way faster yeah. than way faster than the I think it's like Bohr's theory or something. There's a scientist who has a theory about how technology evolves and and it's mm-hmm. exceeded that ratio by like double. Well, when you look at Tesla, if you look at Tesla, he uh, not only was working on like breaching through electricity, through the electrical universe, he breached time and space. He was uh, working on time travel. He was working on a lot of things. He came up with the keys to the universe is 369. He came up with all these different technologies, Wi-Fi, electricity, pulling energy from zero point energy, which we could do now, but we choose not to so we can tax people. If you if you really think about it, he his last his last interview, he said he was speaking with entities from the other side. And I talk a lot about the other side. This is called scrying. So whenever you whenever you get in front of a mirror and you start doing mantras, kind of like Candyman, you can speak to the other side. Now, what comes through the other side is going to be demonic. It's going to be the upside down world. That's where you get into Travis Scott and the astral world. It's all scrying and divination. Right. They're 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 seeking all their knowledge from the other side and no. and all. I, I was going to say all of this knowledge is come that's coming from the other side is all to to it's all to help them. I mean, they're the ones that are are reaping the benefits off of the technology because now we're moving into the meta world. This makes it possible for the mirror world and for the, for total inception. Right. So Inception is where if you've seen the movie Inception where they put people to sleep and then they go deeper, they put them asleep, they put them asleep inside the dream and then they put them to sleep again. There's like seven different tiers of the pyramid, um, which is gets back into as above, so below. There's nine circles of hell. So there's a pyramid going nine, nine stairs down. And then that's where you get into the milk crate challenge. The, the more stairs, the more knowledge and then vice versa. The mirror, the more stairs you go down, the less knowledge. Right. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, though, you know, considering what we talked about at the beginning of the conversation, you know, where do you stack your own premonitions in those dreams up against, you know, how people are interacting with the mirror world? Because I know I've done mantras, never, you know, staring in trance in a mirror, but I've done mantras that, in my opinion, from my perspective, have helped in my life. So I wouldn't say that I connected with a demon at at any point, you know, through my mantras, but I'm wondering, you know, how, like, what are the frequency level differences? Because there's obviously two sides to this and and things can be used, you know, for good or for evil. That's kind of how I see it. Right. So what exactly have you found that they're, they're tapping into specifically it's, it's Baal or bell. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be Lucifer. It's going to be, which is bell or Nimrod, whatever you want to call him. I mean, that's generally who they're talking to. It doesn't matter what name it goes under. They're all connected to the same source. So whenever I have my dreams and I go into uh, what I believe is an astral projection of myself, and I can actually, it's almost, it is a form of divination. I believe that, but I'm not doing a secret mantra. I'm not drawing circles around myself and doing a mantra with candles. I'm not doing any of that. Like I, when I li- lived in Lake Havasu, I lived with witches. I know exactly what they do to draw out divination and do all that stuff. Now, whether that had a, a, an impact on me to, to start these vivid dreams, I don't know because I was around it. Right. 
they called themselves white witches. Oh, we're the good witches. We we're just using it for, you know, to, to read tarot cards and do all this stuff, which it's still considered black magic because you're doing divination. You're you're reaching over to the other side. And when you look at Travis Scott, that's exactly what he was doing. He was pulling the energy from the other side. And then if you look at it, it was a vaccinated concert. So everyone in there was vaccinated. And they had this, I believe graphene oxide is inside the vaccine. Off of the research I've done, it was in the cancer mRNA, which was back in 2015. And I have articles that I saved that state that graphene oxide was used as a delivery system so they could target the cancer, the cancer, the cancer cells. So they could use a magnet to bring the, the medicine to the cancer or the targeted location for the therapy. And if you look up graphene oxide, that's what it's used for. It's used for uh, delivery, a delivery system. So whenever you put it around music, it picks up on the frequency and it'll start dancing around and going crazy. So in Travis Scott, Travis Scott's concert, they said as soon as Travis Scott came out, the frequencies changed in the music and they said you could feel a difference in energy change in the whole crowd and it became water. It was literally moving like fluid. And then if you look up therofluid, that's what graphene does. It moves all in unison so it connects to each other. So I really feel like they're provoking spirits and they're going to use this graphene oxide to connect us to the internet using these brain chips that they're, they're going to put in our, our brains, which is uh, what I believe to be the mark of the beast because it goes into your front, your front cortex. I believe it's the left, the left or the, no, it's the right, the right frontal co- cortex, which is the forehead. And then they're also going to have a chip on the left wrist. So that could, that could, that sounds like the mark of the beast to me. If you ask me, I can't say that it is because we don't know. Uh, I'm not a, a prophet. I, I don't know that kind of stuff. And they say that not even Jesus will know these things. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's interesting, an interesting question. If you think about it, a- am I somehow scrying and I don't know it? Am I somehow tapping into some kind of divination to the, to the alternate reality, the upside down world? I mean, it's possible, I guess, but I'm not, I'm not provoking it. Provoking it would be actually doing mantras and drawing pentagrams or circles and doing actual magic. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally respect that, that you've had that experience, you know, and, and I think what you're pointing out there is like frequency, like people who venture into that realm and want to attract that kind of negative energy need to use those symbols to, you know, get themselves into that frequency. So I guess really the reason why I question it is because, you know, I have tarot card decks, I have crystals, I have all the things that you'd expect a hippie, you know, white witch, whatever person to have. And it's never felt demonic to me. I've never had any experiences that have felt like where my mind, body, or soul was threatened, even on psychedelics. So I, and and I feel like what the other side of what I'm getting from you is like, well, it's not something that happens to everybody. That doesn't mean that you're, you're saying that you're like a chosen one or select few or something like that. I'm not putting that on you. I don't think you're putting that on yourself, but I think there is a certain amount of uniqueness to your story and, and who you are. And, and everyone has their own uniqueness that makes them unique. Maybe for me, it's, it's being able to look into all these things and use these things with that shield. And for you, it, it means like going into these premonitions and, and not, you know, interacting with it 
in a completely conscious way, but in a conscious way enough so that you can use it in your ordinary life. I think that's really profound and it's worth, you know, it's worth elaborating on in the sense that like it gives people listening clarity as to what their gifts can potentially be. And I wonder, you know, the reason I'm saying all this is I wonder if the creator, the opposite, you know, that that above force, as you described, you know, constantly in opposition to this Luciferian force that is inverting and corrupting things. I wonder if that creator force, the almighty God, blessed be, you know, is is giving us these gifts so that we can make it through the labyrinth that Lucifer creates or make it through the, you know, maze, the the puzzles, the the traps, the the hellscape, you know, whatever it may be. No, I mean, definitely. We all have our gifts. Uh, some people are great at cooking. Some people are great at just eating it, you know, so everyone has their own gift. Now, I ran from my gifts, so I believe that other people just haven't not noticed that they have a gift. I think we're more powerful. I think there's we're, we're more connected to the energy than we think we are. But to be connected to that energy, you have to accept it. You know, I ran from it for a but when I accepted it, it was like a floodgate opening in my brain when I actually accepted it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I accepted i accepted jesus i did the baptism but did you really accept him for the right reason and i always i always ask people like whenever you think of god do you when you read the bible do you believe there's magicians and sorcery because if you read the bible it's there solomon was given the key the 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 key of solomon or the seal of god so that he could he could conjure spirits as above so below and that the circle bound him so that he could not be hurt by them, but yet he could wield the spirits to help him conquer uh, the land and rule. And so if you don't believe that there's magic, then you don't believe in the Bible at all because it's all around us. This was spoken into existence through numbers, frequency. It doesn't say, hey, he drew it up. <laughs> he drew it up like an architecture and, you know, build a house. No, he literally just spoken into existence. It was all frequency. So frequency is very important. Music is very important. Right. And uh, listen to what's his name? Tentacion, I think is what it was. He was talking about frequencies and how he could use the frequencies to pretty much mind control you. If you go into Hitler, Hitler will put you in front of a, a TV. The World Church will put you in front of a TV. It's all mind control through the frequencies and the imagery. Right. They say your eyes are the key to your soul. That's why you have the eye of providence. Um, which is peeping. <laughs> so a lot of people don't realize that pyramid on the back of the $1 bill with the eye looking through, that is manifestation. That is Lucifer trying to come into our world, but he's unable to stay here. He cannot sustain it because he's he's on the other side. So Travis Scott and them, they want to, these, these Luciferians, they want to bring him from the other side so that he's no longer having to peep, but he's actually here on this side. So a lot of people don't understand what the eye of providence is and it's the eye of Satan peeping from the other side. Wow. So Providence, Rhode Island, have you ever been there? Do you think there's potentially <laughs> a link to that energy there? Cause that's something that I've been looking into recently with like the energy of places and, and why they name certain places, certain things. I mean, that's kind of, off the cuff, I don't expect you to have a good answer for it, but maybe you do. Maybe. Well, what I would say is I know for one thing, that's where the uh, Scottish Rite Freemasons are. Oh, They're shit. up there. 
There we go. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. they're up there. Um, so Trump, Donald Trump, his mother is from, I believe, is it's up there in Staten Island, Rhode Island area, where all the Scottish Rite Freemasons are. Okay. Then look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a Scottish Rite Freemason. When they say that that Donald Trump, all of a sudden he changed. He changed his bad ways and he, he, he became saved. It was by a Scottish Rite 33rd degree Freemason. It was not, everything is in the order still. Right. That's why you have Kanye West calling himself Yay or Yeezy. He's a false prophet. You have Kim Kardashian. She's a witch. She does blood baths. You have Kylie Jenner does the same thing. She just did the Freddy Krueger thing. And then she's the baby mama of Travis Scott. And then you have Kris Jenner. She's a high-ranking witch. All these people are connected. And so you had Kanye and you had Kim Kardashian in the White House. In the White House, these are all devil worshippers in the White House with Donald Trump. Donald Trump being the highest witch. That's why you hear MAGA, uh, MAGA, Latin for witch. And then you have Magus. Magus is a sorcerer in Latin. Right, right. Yeah, it's funny because now that you say that, it's bringing to mind an author who's from Providence, Rhode Island, who wrote a book about how Trump was like this, forget how he describes it, but he shows how there's like this weird symbolism within the Trump uh, presidency. But I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to say the name of the author cause I'm not sure he would agree with why, <laughs> you know, the direction we're taking with it. it seemed like he wrote the book in favor of Trump, but I, I've stayed neutral as much as I could. I definitely will admit that the Q stuff got me, uh, last year and I was a little psyop there, but I wonder where that fits into your perspective. Like how was that analyzed? Is there a deceptor or, you know, is the deceptor. There people like me in, in there because a lot of people think I'm Q and I was like, no, dude, I'm not Q. I never paid attention to that. I've been, I've been talking bad about Trump for a while. Cause I've, I've seen, I, I liked him at first. I'll admit that he's funny dude. And he was going against the system and all that stuff. But as soon as he got elected, he immediately thanked and congratulated everyone clapped for Hillary Clinton. And if you really go back, he's, he was a donor for Kamala Harris. He was a donor for Hillary in the past. He, he said she would be the greatest Senator in the world. He was there for her wedding. He he's, he's done nothing but give gratitude to them. He was friends with Epstein. Everyone's like, well, he rebuked him and kicked him out. That's all a game to these people. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe a, a business deal went down and and whatever whatever happened. But he was murdered in prison under or he escaped. Either one, I don't know, because all the cameras went off during President Trump's reign. And if you look at it, Trump Trump spent more money than any person uh, in four years that's ever been in the White House. Yet they held him as the liberator of our currency. It's like, no, we're, we're dealing with inflation right now because of how much money he spent. And now Biden's spending just as much money. So it's, they're all connected. There, There is no election. It's a selection. And so when I look at the Q movement, I think that was to draw people out that went to the Alex Jones channel. I think it was to draw people out that say they're Christians. And think about it like this. If Obama said you got to close all the churches, you think they would have listened? If Joe Biden would have said you got to close the churches, you think they would have listened? But Trump, they, they, he's like, I'm a Christian, all this stuff. They closed the churches over a virus, which is physical. 
instead of keeping the churches open over spiritual. So that was fear manifestation. And that is against the rule of, of Yahweh. We're not supposed to fear death at all. <laughs> yeah. They were fearing death, closing churches and, and all that stuff. So if I look at the Q movement, I look at it as it was a way to draw out people that are like me, uh, truthers or, or Christians, any, anyone pretty much and put them in a category that is against the order. So now we're the unvaccinated. We're, we're this cancer on society, you know, that's the way I look at it. It was it was a play on turning us all, turning everyone against people like us that are trying to tell the truth. Yeah, yeah. As these psyops seem to go, it's it's all about division. It's all about separating people and getting people to dox themselves. Yeah, that's well said, man. I definitely feel like, you know, at the same time that we've had a, a great revealing of all these ills in the world, there's yep. been an equally you know, positive revelation. Would you agree? I mean, do you think that this is all apocalyptic or do you think that there's like a light at the end of the tunnel where we have some hope? Well, the light, the, the light at the end of the tunnel for me as a, as a Christian is that Yeshua is right around the corner. He's around the corner because things are getting worse. You have a POFIS coming in 2029 I believe that's possibly Wormwood. You have Singularity 2030, in-brain chips, these graphene chips in the brain around 2030 with 6G, where they can put us into this augmented reality, which I think is the mark of the beast, because you're, you're subduing yourself to, to the physical world. So I think there is a line at the end of the tunnel. It just depends on what side you're on. Because it's it's only going to get darker from here. Like I said, I don't think my dreams actually happened yet. Because in, in my dream, we were under a complete dystopian nightmare. We were under a complete lockdown. Government disconnected. There was no one to help us. You know, it, there was no power. It was, it was pretty bad. So do I think things are still going to get worse? Absolutely. Look at Australia uh, or Austria. Austria, they're, they're literally persecuting the unvaccinated. Uh, who gives a shit about these people? Oh, we care about your health, but these people don't, you can't have a job. We don't give a shit if you die because you're not doing what we told you to do. <laughs> so I, I believe there's a dystopian nightmare coming. And I posted something about Obama and Travis Scott. So Travis Scott had the bat boy from the Simpsons. He had that whole newspaper that he put out in Houston and it was showing him, Hey, dystopian nightmares here. The end is just the beginning. And I believe that's how it was worded. And then if you, if you look at Obama and cop 26, which if you don't know, that is, it's the client, the, the climate, uh, what was it? Climate. What does the COP stand for again? I can't remember. It's, it's climate change, though, where all the world leaders got together over Sam Ween over October 31st is when they all met. And they met talking about climate change, all this all this jargon where they, they put up to, to the meeting with all their jets and everything. And then Obama comes out talking about how, you know, if you haven't paid attention to the last president and everything that's going on right now, I'm having snippets and visions of a dystopian nightmare. It's pretty much what he was saying. He's having dreams of a dystopian of future. And then if you look at it, he's he loves Travis Scott. You know, like it was on his 2020 playlist and he went on and on about Travis Scott. So they're on the same page. They're pushing this notion that a dystopian nightmare is here and it's only going to elevate. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, that's something I saw. It must have been in one of your posts, but yeah, I definitely saw that connection, him and Obama. And yeah, it's, it's, it's startling stuff, man. I don't know if I have a positive response other than it's, it seems to me like a lot of people are aware that the climate change thing is bullshit and it's all based on carbon credits. It's all meant to tax you. I think that's the majority of the United States, at least, you know, in some sense, whether they know why they feel that way or not, I don't know, but it just feels to me like there's uh, desperation and the media manipulation has heightened to a degree where, you know, I'm kind of hedging my bets on that they're losing right now. And, and that that's why they seem to be going so far with all these schemes and, and, and working it out like never before. I mean, any thoughts on that? No, absolutely. They're losing. There's a lot of people waking up, but they're still they're still really good at manipulating the situation. And I, I do feel like we're winning, but I still feel like the end is going to be very dire. It's going to be a negative more than it is a positive because we're already talking about food shortages. You got Donald Trump's reelection coming up. You got DeSantis down in Florida acting like he's the, the freaking choir boy and he's protecting everyone. And he's going to be Jesus Christ incarnated. Like he's loves everyone, which I don't believe that because he's, he's a yelly. He came from the same order of skull and bones and Bush and all them. Like he, when Bush died, he gave all of his gratitude and all that stuff. And you know, when, when Donald Trump came into his campaign, he was talking about a thousand points of light. What is a thousand points of light? Knowing that he was at the ceremony with Bush senior promoting his thousand points of light. And it's like, all you have to do is research the history and you'll see how much they're lying. I mean, I, I think that other than Donald Trump coming out, we were winning. And then when Donald Trump came out, now everyone's been misled to a point of insanity I can't even tell people the truth in Florida because they're like, don't talk about Donald Trump. He was the light. He was, he was God is pretty much how they act. And I'm sorry, but he was far from it. He's with Clinton. He's with the Clintons in the bushes. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. On both sides, people are full of it, you know, with, with this political. Left and right, yeah. yeah. And I, that's why we avoid it. You know, I, like I said, I definitely got a little dragged into the Q stuff cause it was so interesting and they, they designed it that way. They designed it so that people who were aware and awake of this these truths would gravitate towards the content and then maybe even, you know, put themselves out there. And now, who knows? I mean, maybe I'm on a list because I talked about Q. Big deal. It's, well, I'm sure it's a big list. But, you know. I'm sure, I'm sure they're on the credit system. But think about it. You have Alex Jones. He's exposing all this stuff. And all of a sudden, now he's went on the Trump train and he can't back out now because now it's his pride and his ego and everything that's on the line. And that's, that's happened to a lot of people. There's a lot of people. They don't want to admit that Trump fooled them. The same thing with Obama. People don't want to admit that Obama fooled them. Some people see it and they'll say, yeah, yeah, I fell for the Obama thing. But he wasn't who he really acted like. And, but with Trump, man, it's, it's hard. I, I've tried. I've, I can show all the details I have. And any any righteous person that was not full of pride would be like, oh, damn, this there is a connection here. But talk to people in Florida that I know, like, he's king. You okay? 
even though he's the one that started Operation Warp Speed, he's the one that had the churches closed, and he's the one that inflated the dollar. He's <laughs> there's so many things I can name off. Uh, the China thing that never he didn't do anything good there. It is still as it was before he went into office. So nothing happened there. It's one I just, big charade. There's, there's positives as people like to believe. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's one big charade when it comes to the, the political, at least the presidents and, and everything that we see in the media, you know, I mean, you really can't trust anything. That's why, you know, self-sufficiency and going off the grid seem to be more and more interesting to me. Any way that I can get, you know, as, as far away from anything having to do with that seems like a welcome, welcome sight on the horizon you know? oh, i'm with you brother i'm with you the only thing is then you have to i'm not trying to be negative but then you have all these drones that are everywhere can you really actually have privacy if you find a place in the woods next to a, a, a nice stream would there really be you know privacy but getting getting back to cop 26 a lot of people aren't talking about this but it's something that i noticed they are working on these big factories in russia they just posted something about that today in Russia and these other places where they're talking about pulling all of the CO2 out of the atmosphere. Think about that for a minute there. That's terraforming the planet. They are wanting to terraform the planet. If you, I, I like animations and stuff like that or animes, if you want to call it that. And a lot of animes, what happens when these, these distant creatures come from another planet, they terraform the planet so that they can live there and sustain life. So if you think about it, who are they terraforming the planet for? They're wanting to pull all the CO2. They're wanting to, to literally invert our atmosphere, which is full of CO2 and oxygen. Now they're wanting to pull all of the CO2 out of the, out of the, the atmosphere. They're talking about removing all of it. Uh, just one of these factories can move like 10 years worth of vehicles. Right. And they're talking about putting these things all over the planet. That's they're they're terraforming the planet. And the the thing I don't understand is nobody's talking about this. Why do they want the planet to be colder? Unless because if you look at at, at the nine circles of hell, the very ninth circle is where Lucifer is, and it's ice. It's not fire. It's ice, and that is where he devours on the worst. So it almost makes you feel like whenever they pull these entities from the other world, the mirror world or the upside down world, I believe they want to put us in a stasis, put us in an inception, a dream within a dream. So when you wake up, you're still in the mirror world. You don't understand it. So you're in paralysis while a demon is living in your body and, and it will be perfect for, for them. You'll live, you'll be an immortal. You won't be able to kill yourself just like it says in the Bible, you can try, but you'll wake up like Groundhog Day, <laughs> you know, because it's inside your mind. It's not actually physical. So you can try to kill yourself all you want, but you can't. You'll, you'll be like Mario. You'll come right back right. <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely would not endorse that at all. And I'm, I'm totally invested in reincarnation in the sense that I believe in it without really thinking about it. It just seems... Like it makes sense, but damn, Jay, this has been a lot of information. We covered a lot of ground. We got into Constantinople. We got into the Travis Scott thing. We got into just the nature of reality and how they're, you know, trying to stack the cards against us. But guys like you sorting through it, 
you know, it makes it a lot easier. So thank you for, for joining me here, man. Is there anywhere? It was a blast, brother. Yeah. Is there anywhere folks can follow up with you and like check out your stuff? Obviously you got your, your Instagram. You're always posting there. Is there anything else you got going on? At the moment, it's just the Instagram, the Colorado Dank and the Hidden Nerve that I have right now. I've not been using my Hidden Nerve lately because uh, I, I haven't gotten any strikes lately somehow, but I am, I am thinking about doing a podcast. I, I I'm, I'm having too many people push me in that direction. I kind of feel like I need to, um, but man, I appreciate you letting me come on your show. If your listeners have, have any questions for me, they want me to go a little bit more in depth. Y'all can always reach out to me. I'm very open. I'm very responsive. I like, I like everyone to have an understanding. You know, I don't make any money off this. I so don't think I'm out there making a killing. I do real estate. If you want to help me make money, I'll come and buy a house in Colorado. <laughs> But I mean, I, I just like helping people. I like, I like bringing a connection, connecting the dots. Cause a lot of people don't really realize to be awake is to see everything as it's happening. To be asleep is to live in this, 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 this non-player kind of character, this NPC. You're just going about your daily, you're doing everything on a day-to-day basis routine, but you're asleep to everything that's happening around you. See, I, I like to look at myself as awake. I can see it. So I try to connect the dots and push it in people's faces so they have no choice but to see what's going on. I love it. Thank you, man. Yeah, and I definitely hope you start a podcast because the more the merrier and you definitely have a lot of information to bring to the table. So I'd love to see what you come up with in the form of a a podcast. So yeah, please, folks, follow this man, show him some love, encourage him to start a podcast. And thank you for tuning in to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I don't even have to ask you the number one question because you already answered it for me you said your family does think you're crazy so he's a part of the family folks all right thank you for tuning in and enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now peace thanks again for tuning into the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast remember to subscribe on patreon to get video content bonus episodes and the whole scene that's right the synchro mystic exploration of the ever-expanding now and we also have a new series of podcasts called the library of the mystagogue where i break down five books per episode five books from my library and i hope we can create a long list of recommendations because a lot of folks get in touch with me and they say hey mark what book should i read and really i think a list would be much better especially in this way uh, where I give you an endorsement of the book and why, you know, the book is uh, some, you know, why I bought the book at least, right? So that's the that's my hopes is that once we have maybe 15, 20 episodes of the Library of the Mystagogue, you know, 10, 15, 20 times five, we'll have a pretty huge list there. And folks who ask that question, I'll just refer them to the Library of the Mystagogue. So go over to the Patreon, get that all now. It's only there on the Patreon. We also have a Rockfin. I put exclusive content on the Rockfin, video content, older episodes, new episodes. And I've been making all kinds of strange videos with free clips that I find online. So check that out. Go over to rockfin.com. Subscribe to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy channel. You can type in My Family Thinks I'm Crazy or you type in Mystic Mark. Either way, it should come up. And then 
Telegram. It's going off right now, and some exclusive content for the Telegram community only right now is the live streams. Sometimes I forget, but when I do have an interview, I turn on the live stream on Telegram, and I link up my mixer, and you guys can hear audio of myself and the guests and sometimes I even turn the camera on so you can see me sitting there listening intently smoking a blunt drinking a coffee or drinking my uh, honest uh, honest iced tea my favorite beverage this is not a sponsor of the show just thought I'd let you guys know what's up but either way folks I hope you enjoyed this episode like I said show us some love if you can And have a happy, happy holidays. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Christmas is on the way. And we will be putting episodes out through the holidays. That's right. My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast will not take a break. So while those other big mainstream podcasters that you love are taking a few weeks off, My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast will have brand new episodes for you through the month. So go on to Patreon and you can get all those episodes real early, way before Santa Claus. All right, folks, peace out.